to the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Founder of fashion label SWF joins us in this episode. Desiree created the label after firstly creating a career for herself as a podiatrist. She worked at a high-risk clinic at Alfred Hospital for seven years with pre- and post-amputee patients. At 30 years of age, Desiree decided to follow her original passion of fashion. On a trip to Bali, she decided to start SWF Boutique, which has quickly become one of the hottest labels amongst millennials and influencers and has recently partnered with Urban Outfitters, Anthropology and Revolve. Hi Desiree, thank you so much for joining us here today. How are you? I'm good, thanks Alison. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And you're in LA at the moment. I am. I am here for work, which is um which is a you know a bit fun. You, I hope you're socializing as well, or is it purely work? Yeah. There's always a little bit of time for play. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So uh, what I'd love to do is just for you to introduce yourself to the listeners, um, Mm -hmm. who you are, and also kind of, you know, what you used to do before you got into running your own business. Right. Um, So I'm the creative director and founder of a clothing label, women's clothing label called SWF. And um, previous to finding the label, I was a podiatrist, so I went from feet to fashion, which um, is not your natural progression, I guess. Um, So I did a Bachelor of Science at Monash and I majored in anatomy and physiology and just to buy me a little bit of time, I decided to do podiatry after that because I was still indecisive about what I wanted to do and what career path I was going to take. In high school, I was kind of your average student, kind of good at a few things but not excellent at one thing. And I think I always had the creative flair but I never had the opportunity to um, explore that. So once I was in university, I was still unsure and then I finished one degree and still unsure about what I wanted to do and I kind of just fell into it really, excuse the pun. Um, (laughs) and, And so, you know, after seven years of working in the field as being a podiatrist, I I was kind of looking for something a little bit more. You know, there was that, there was something missing and obviously it was what I really loved to do and it was that creativity and expressing myself and and yeah, so I, I decided to take the plunge, which is yeah, a story in itself. Wow. And so did you when you thought, mm, I'm gonna start my own business, did mm-hmm. you know exactly what it was gonna be? Because what you're saying is like you were creative, but did you know you were gonna end up in fashion? Or, you know, how did you navigate that? Right. So I loved fashion, always, always loved it. Um, I didn't know I was going to start my own label. So I was in my early 30s and I basically had no experience. So you've kind of missed the boat to do all the interning things and, you know, what you can do in your early 20s or while you're at university. So basically what I did was I just tried to volunteer for as much as I could and, you know, get my hands into as many things as many different aspects of the industry as I could. So I did uh, dressing, dressing backstage at fashion shows. I did styling assisting. I did anything that I could. 
ushering at fashion shows to get um, a feel of the industry and what area it was that I wanted to get into. I did take a liking to styling um, and I ended up doing an online course at the Fashion Institute of Technology um, just in styling in New York. And um, I ended up landing a role with Westfield, the Westfield Group, and I was doing styling at some of their shopping centres. And I did that for about a year and I was like, oh, you know, this is great, but there's still something not like I'm still missing something there's still something that I need to explore something further so I took a five-day trip to Bali and I'd never been before and I met a lot of creatives and expats there who were living there someone was you know had a clothing label someone had a t-shirt label someone else had a, a swimwear label I mean there was you know artists and it was just a massive creative hub and it really appealed to me and I thought obviously being a little bit naive I thought oh my god you know I could do this I could definitely start my own label um so six months later I packed my I resigned from my job packed my apartment up sold my car uh, moved with one suitcase I didn't know anybody I had no experience in manufacturing in Indonesia couldn't speak Bahasa and and off I went my goodness what age were you when you did this I was 30 almost 33 my goodness. So were you thinking, look, this is a bit of a risk. Should I be doing this at this stage of my career? Because I can imagine you would have been like doing really well in podiatry and then all of a sudden just giving up that pay packet. Like what was that like? Yeah, I mean that that was difficult. And the thing was, you know, I everyone always asks like how did you do it? How did you do it? For about a year I was flying back and forth to Melbourne and working say for two three weeks and then using that money to put it into the business and going back right. to Indonesia so and doing you, that for about a year and when you went back to Melbourne what were you working as a podiatrist right okay so I was doing that for about a year before the transition and I don't think you can ever be ready for that the, the actual change the moment mm. when you actually stop everything um it's just one of those things where there is no plan B. Yeah. Like you do think it's going to work. And I think that's that's one of the factors that probably makes you take the risk. Mm. Um, because if there was a plan B, then you probably wouldn't quit everything and do it, you know. So mm. I think I think that's that's one of the things. And it's obviously, as I mentioned, being quite naive in what you can achieve and the day-to-day role and and the long-term um long-term goals you know I didn't have a business plan I knew nothing about the industry nothing about business I knew I just I actually knew nothing about anything so how how did you find your suppliers because I know that that's one of the biggest hurdles when you're first starting off in particular in fashion like how do you find, you know, like a pattern maker and, and you know, like the actual, the actual fabric and all those, like how did you navigate through that? It, that was really difficult. So that took a lot of time. Um, I think the biggest thing was asking questions. So asking people who were already there and in the industry and people um, were quite um, 
protective of their contacts. And I can understand why now working in Indonesia, it's so hard. And I could never understand it then. I was like, why wouldn't they, why wouldn't they just tell me where they got that from, you know? But I can understand now that it does take so much time and effort and energy to find the right person and the right supplier and someone who can work with you and work on your deadlines with your deadlines. So I can understand why that was so difficult for me to find, but it is all asking questions, asking as many people as you can. Could you have achieved the same results in terms of finding all your supplies had you have been living in Melbourne and just commuting every now and again to Bali? No, I don't think so. I think it's one of those things where you have to be on the ground and you have to visit as many suppliers as you can. And it is one of those things where you're just spending your days doing that Yeah. to start with. Yeah, how, so how it is months, quite tedious. How many months did it take you to find the right people? I mean, it's forever. It's, yeah, it's ongoing. still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so the brand, right. you know. The brand is called SWF. What does that stand for? I mean, I wish that had a really good story. People <laughs> always ask me this and I, I was like, why didn't I think of a better name? Because, you know, people always ask me about this and there is no story behind it, unfortunately. I wish there was something, you know, some nostalgic, romantic story, but there's not. So <laughs> so that it's just three three letters that you chose. Yeah, that's right. Okay. I like that. That doesn't, I don't think yeah. that matters that there's no story. That's very unique not to have a story. Yeah. yeah I mean, people always say like people make things up. They'll be like Sunday, Wednesday, Friday or um, stalkworthy fashion or, you know, anything you really want. So, I mean, I guess it could be anything you want. <laughs> Absolutely. Freedom of choice. All right. That's so right. tell us, tell us about the range. Like what type of person wears your clothing in what occasion? You know, what, what's the story behind the range? Yeah, I think um, what my goal was was to have um, um, attainable range yet something that was aesthetically um, not high-end, I don't want to say, but, it, you know, aspirational, I guess. So, yeah, aspiration, aspirational yet attainable. And it's for the girl or the woman who wants to wear the piece um, and have the longevity of the piece. So I don't particularly follow trends as such. I like to use classic silhouettes that will last, you know, in your wardrobe for some time. I look back to some of the first lookbooks that I did and some of the silhouettes I would still use and wear. Yeah. Um, so that's really one of the things that has been um, predominant when I'm designing um, the pieces. But the other thing is I think that what changes with the seasons is more the colours and the prints. And although I say that all the prints are signature, but I do use, I have lately been using a lot of um, gingham and check and stripe, which are all very classical prints you know it's just the bold colors I think that makes it um unique or stand stand out or stand out in that season or whatever it may be and the pieces I feel I try and keep trans seasonal so 
whether it's a summer dress, like you could put a T-shirt underneath it or in spring or put a knit underneath it in, in winter and try and work it into your wardrobe that way. And also something that you can put a pair of heels on and, you know, wear into the evening if you wanted to. So it's from, you know, day to night and from season to season as well. Yeah. How often do you bring out a new range or do you just have the core range and just add pieces to it? Um, At the moment there's a range, we have four ranges or four collections every year Um, and we have new styles dropping every month so yeah it is pretty intense I think the only month at the moment that we're not dropping styles is July so we've recently um, uh, expanded into the US market and everything's quicker faster (laughs) yesterday (laughs) breaking into the US market it is yeah yeah, in the US market, you've got quite good distribution. How has that all taken place? Yeah, so I signed up with an agent who I had been trying to look at my brand for some time and, you know, the alignment of both of our businesses wasn't quite right until this year, So, which was really exciting for me to finally, you know, have that box ticked off. But they have been amazing in finding new platforms for the brand and um, major platforms such as, you know, Revolve and Nordstrom and Anthropology and Free People, um, Urban Outfitters. So, you know, the the big names where it's great to have that um, brand presence. Yes, yeah. So has with that extra distribution, has that absolutely mm-hmm. changed the infrastructure of your business to cope with the additional demand? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's just another ball game and it's just <laughs> the, the, the numbers are so huge and the demand is 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 there and you know, we I've had to say to them that I do want an organic growth of the business because it could just go gangbusters really yeah. quickly and then that's really hard to manage Absolutely. Um, so obviously like for me it would be great to have an organic growth and a slower growth and get it right rather than have a, a really quick growth and mm. then you know stumble and fall so what's your role in the business now <laughs> everything <I> still, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <pretty laughs> I'm at that weird middle stage of the business where it's like that medium I feel like where it's you know, you, you don't have enough, um, I guess, to move forward and yeah. have this massive team and you're not super small. So it's, yeah. you're still doing a lot in the business and you're, um, you're wearing a lot of different hats. I mean, there's aspects of the business which I've given to other people, which is, a, is heaven sent because, you know, it takes the pressure off me. But I still oversee a lot of the business, which, you know, as it grows, I'm hoping that the team will grow with yeah. the, the growth of the business. In, a, in an ideal world, if mm-hmm. money was no object for hiring the right team, how right. would you like to structure the business? Like in terms of like for you, what would mm-hmm. you like to be focusing your time on so that you could get rid of things that, you know, perhaps you're not skilled up in or you don't particularly enjoy? How would yeah. you like to be spending your time on a day-to-day basis? 
mine would be a hundred percent designing and yeah, focusing on the collection. That. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, and it's unfortunate because, you know, when you are in these small businesses, that's probably, you know, yeah. 20% of what you're doing and you're doing admin and follow-up and managing staff and, you know, overseeing customer service, you know, or, or production issues or whatever it may be, timeline. So it's, it is, that would definitely be my wish. When you're designing at the moment, because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you're multitasking, do you get frustrated because you feel like you can't dedicate the headspace that you would like to dedicate to it? I think definitely. I think time is a major issue for me mm-hmm. and um, managing my time where I, you know, coming up to collection that I, I'm always pressed for time. So I'm yeah. always, you know, it's a race against time. It's that last minute. And it's also that thing where you can't, and I know this is very cliche, you can't force creativity. Like you can't sit there and go, okay, well, I've got something due in two weeks and I need to, I need to, you know, Smash it prepare out. something. Yeah, yeah, prepare it and get it ready and let's go. You know, there's, I have to do the prints and I have to do the silhouettes and I have to do the fabrications. And it's so, so it's a whole big process when it's, yeah. and it's difficult when it's, it's not coming to you as fast as you need. Oh my gosh. How many hours of sleep a night are you getting? Okay, that's, that's <laughs> don't lie. That's, that's debatable where we are with the collections and what's yeah. going on yeah I mean yeah I generally try and look after myself with sleep that's the one thing that I really do try I mean there are weeks where I'm just like so exhausted but in general sleep is the one thing that I try not to um um yeah cut out in my self-care mm. kind of management because it is really important for me yeah. I just function so much better on sleep and I'm and I'm nicer to be around. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm know. the same. I have to yeah. and and I go to a lot of events for work and it looks like I'm mm. at events like a lot, but I I never ever ever stay late ever. Mm. Mm. I'm helpless yeah. without my sleep and I get up early as well. Otherwise it's oh, not a yeah. good day for me. I have to get up at 5. Oh, that's, yeah, that's super, super early. Good yeah. on you. Um, I'm not up that early, but I do find that I'm more productive in the morning. Mm. Yeah, definitely. A few elements of your business, I was reading on your mm-hmm. website, is the fact that you use non-toxic dyes, no pl- plastic packaging, you know, you've got a sustainability pledge and you also mm-hmm. make to order. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. that make to order is a bit of a flexible thing because the point is is more like you don't have warehouses filled with stock just sitting there. Yeah. When you launched the business, did you have all those aspects or have you, you've just been gradually adding them as you've been able? Um. The made-to-order was always um, there at the start of the business and it was something I think that happened accidentally. It was more a financial thing that I think um, while the online platform was generating and, you know, the brand awareness was was increasing that I was doing, but then I realised that, hold on a second, this is actually really great for the environment as well. Mm. Um, not only is it a great business model, but it's also, you know, good for the environment. So I thought, you know, that's great. Um, the plastic has evolved, the not um, not using the plastic, and that's evolved yeah, over like time. That. We were, yeah. And we're working on the biodegradable um, packets now because um, as we ship out of Indonesia, 
we use some of the shipping carriers there which still use plastic for shipping, which they won't budge on. So we're trying to work with them to come up with, you know, there's so many different packs that you can use that are um, biodegradable at the moment that are around. So we are working on that. Um, And then the non-toxic dye and the natural um, fabrics were um, there from the start as well. So at the start, um, I was using a lot of silk, which was super expensive. So, um, and I found out pretty quickly that people really don't want to spend that kind of money on silk because I think if it still feels soft and, and nice, um, kind of like silk, then people are happy with that, mm. but they don't want to pay the price point of what silk is. So, you know, I stopped using that quite early on and also, um, all my fabrics are from um, are supplied in Indonesia. I don't import anything, um, and they they really do natural fibers well. Yeah. So it was I was kind of trying to use what I had in my surroundings and at my fingertips um, in my favor, I guess. What's what's the average price point of your clothing? So let's just say for a dress. Probably around two hundred ninety nine dollars, yeah, Australian dollars, yeah. yeah. So it's that mid market where, yeah, definitely placed in that mid market. Yeah, good quality and lasts. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I like that. That's how I shop. Yeah, we'll have to get you in a. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like to get really nice pieces of clothes, but then I like to um, hold on to them for years and then have other pieces that you can mix and match with them. Yeah, that's perfect. That's exactly what we're about. Yeah. Perfect. Amazing. All right, so where can everyone find your beautiful brand? So well, you can purchase um, online with us um, at uh, swfboutique.com and then we have a list of specialty stores around Australia um, that um, we are stocked in. And then obviously there's the online platforms in the States. Fabulous. And you're also in Italy and Switzerland. That's correct. And the Middle Middle East. East. Yeah. Wow. Fabulous. How long have you been going for? Five years now. Yeah. Five years. There's something about getting to that five year. I know. I always say you don't count the first two years no, of business because I you agree. don't really know what you're doing and it's just <laughs> you're finding your feet. I reckon yeah. the first three you don't count. I think that's a fair call. <laughs> <laughs> so my business is only two years old, really. Yeah. You know what? You never tell anyone that's starting out that it takes you three years to get going. Yeah. Well, no one will ever, ever, ever start. That's so true. <laughs> I know there's a fine line when people say, oh, you know, I really want to start a label and, you know, you obviously you want to encourage their dreams but you also want to give them you know a taste of the reality as well so so it is yeah it is a fine line about what you say yeah absolutely Desiree thank you so much for joining us here today it's been wonderful chatting to you thanks for having me